Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Look around you. That car you're driving, that house your family lives in, making your daughter laugh, inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive, teaching him he can be anything, all you. And your dreams for tomorrow, you'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. But this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 474. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is my loquacious co-host, Jason Goss. Hiya. <laughs> you know, this is, <laughs> this is a DC podcast. I feel like we might have missed an opportunity. Like, maybe... Uh, <laughs> like maybe one of us should have called ourselves loquacious fox <laughs> and 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 i don't know maybe the other one could have been like um garrulous slate no oh, not bad <laughs> not bad <laughs> so how are you this week man <laughs> hanging in there it's a tired week yeah it's a tired week busy at work yeah. and sleep comes and goes when it damn well pleases but we'll make it i hear you man I, mean, I keep getting a little better and then getting sick all over again. Like I think I'm on my third round of being sick. Like I was getting a little better and then all of a sudden, like the, my throat started killing me last night. And I went, uh, really? Hmm. <sighs> yep. Hopefully, we can make it through this with you sounding like a well person. Yeah. I think I'm finally completely over it. Yeah. I think. I hope so, man. Yeah. And yeah, we're uh, still. A- it appears this is not going to be the season that I suddenly develop a pollen allergy, so I'm good. Oh yeah, it's uh, like. Like our our back deck is just covered in pollen, man. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, dude. Every every car I pass is is a, like a light green. Mm-hmm. I have a black metal roof that I cannot see. Right? Can't see it. It, it looks I like I a truck that looks yellow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just I don't know, man. It looks like I put some like because the color is so weird. It looks like I just like lined my the top of my house with foam. Put some ridges down <laughs> it so it looked like an inspector would be like, yeah, it looks good. Right. right. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the, the the pollen's uh, out of hand. It it really uh, seems to be. I, and I always, it's one of those things where I always wonder, like, year to year, do we just forget how bad it is or is it mm-hmm. really bad? But I swear you can catch handfuls of it in the air right now. Yeah. Usually it's like I hear people going like, oh, man, that pollen. And then I turn around and it's like. It's July? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, I've, whereas I've got like a, I've got just a swarm of bumblebees in my backyard that are just, I mean, oh God. time of their lives, just time of their lives. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had the issue of like, and there, it's a very friendly breed in my backyard. I, I, I've, I haven't seen a need to exterminate in any way. They just fly. Yeah. I, I swear, the other day, like I was reading on the back porch because it was nice, and mm-hmm. um, one just kind of like flew up behind, like flew up beside me, hovered above the place <laughs> where I like had my drink and i wondered about my drink for a second and i was like no 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 i trust him <laughs> yeah and then i like i swear he just like hovered beside me facing the same like view of the backyard that i had and then like turned toward me and then turned back and looked at the yard and it, it felt like he just kind of like flew in and was like this is a nice place you got man let, thanks for letting us crash appreciate it <laughs> like the other day i opened the uh the garage door and i swear it was like the most like casual i've ever seen a wasp be just kind of floated in like hello governor (laughs) (laughs) i'm like son of a bitch there's a a wasp in here now yeah Uh, there's something about and i've i've replaced this mailbox is the crazy part there's something about my mailbox where like uh every third day or so on average i will go out and i will check my mail and it'll be like hey i wonder what kind of bullshit paper oh god what the fuck Cause like the, <laughs> just I I had one mailbox on this place for like six years and I replaced it. I mean from scratch, pulled the pole out, the whole thing, and and uh-huh. it, like it, new box, new pole, everything. Put new stickers on for goodness sake, and mm-hmm. it's still still the wasps or the wasp. Yeah, it it could either be one or a generation of them, or for all I know, it's a tradition passed down by one wasp and all of his wasp children. I don't know. <laughs> but they all just like surprise and they never do anything. They just like rush out of there. The one rushes out of there and just like buzzes around like ha and runs away. It's so weird. Yeah. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I just I just keep seeing like if if like we leave the the car one of the cars out outside of the house, you'll just go outside and there'll be like a wasp trying to like crawl into one of the cracks. I don't know if it's the same wasp or if it's <laughs> And then they all always kind of just like come back. You'll see them disappear for a minute and then come back and be like, oh, there's a thing that keeps me from going inside. Yeah. I know, buddy. Yeah, it does. Sorry. I know. I mean, I, uh, do, do you have a seal in your crack? Don't you don't you look? I, I'm going back in the house? Yeah. It, Let me just look. No. No wasp. I had, um, I had a situation this weekend where one snuck into a hole that I've recently realized I had in the framing of a window in the bedroom. Oh, okay. Good, it was in the framing of a window. I thought it was on your body. No. Okay. Thank goodness. You can't sneak in any of the holes in my body unless I'm just ooh, super messed up. But this was a, a... I was never able to. This was a sober Sunday morning. <laughs> uh-huh. And I, I hear a... And I look over to my left, and I'm just... I was laying there reading. And I look over, and there's a wasp. <clears throat> uh-huh. And I kind of thought, okay, let's give him a minute. He, he really didn't seem to have any agenda. Let's give him a minute. I'm going to see if he finds the way back out. Because there is a... I, like, I know where he got in. I've recently discovered this. I, I know where he got in. And he just got very confused, as insects are prone to do. And, they, they, you know, they find their way in and can't find their way out. I get it. Um, And I, I've, it finally got to the point where I was like, I can't... I, I'm, I just can't have a wasp hanging around the bedroom. I, I've got to put an end to this guy. I'm sorry. And I looked around and I, I, I couldn't find anything. All I had around me were, like, a bunch of books that I really liked. I don't have any... I don't have any mm-hmm. fly swatters. I don't even know where to find one right now. I'd have, I would have had to drive to a store <laughs> and pull that out. And like the thing is, like once you have an insect in your sight, you don't want to leave that thing. 
Like you don't want to like, like if there's a spider somewhere, it's not like you want to run away. Cause then you come back and you're like, where's the spider? I have to burn this room. You know, you, you, like, yeah. you have to keep your eye on the thing. So I did that unfortunately. And, um, the only thing I actually had was a coconut water bottle and they're oddly shaped. And I've never tried to kill anything with the coconut water bottle, but it is <laughs> brutal. It is so brutal. Yeah. You cannot get a good hit on it, man. I, I didn't feel good about this kill. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> it, it 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 hurt my soul a little bit, man. It, it wasn't. <laughs> well, you see, I'm a hitman who likes to kill my my victims with uh, a sack of oranges <laughs> in the most circuitous way I can possibly imagine. <laughs> it, it was it was it, the worst part was like the first couple times I hit him, he just kind of like moved around a little bit, like, hey, come on, dude, sorry, I'll just go over here. Like, no, that's not. I'm not here to. I'm not trying to move. I'm trying to actually kill you. Could you come back around the other side of the curtain rod, please? I would. Thank you. That's a clean hit. Oh, oh. Okay. If you could just move back around to the other side of the curtain rod, I would really appreciate it. If you could, there we go. And, and then I'd still had to hit him like 15 times. It was, I didn't feel good about it. Yeah. That's, that's rough, man. Well, I'm bottom line. My family is safe. New house. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have any like you know horror stories of how to kill bugs or anything, but uh, I'll, I'll say this: there's, there's a TARDIS and a DeLorean in the living room. So that's something that's happened. <laughs> nothing and, wrong with uh, that. Nothing wrong with that. And Jareth, Jareth the Goblin King is hanging out next to the Bluesmobile. So nice. It, there's no telling where anything will wind up. It's madness. We're having fun though. I do like uh, where you have uh, um, the DeLorean and the TARDIS. I want to put like a plus symbol. And then another plus uh-huh. symbol, and then a bottle of alcohol, and then like I want you to have a Rick and Morty shrine. There's gonna be some. There's gonna be Rick and Morty something somewhere. Like there, some we, reference, we some magnets. We have some magnets on the refrigerator. Um, I I have some uh, some action figures that haven't been placed. Um, the, but the uh, the TARDIS and the DeLorean are on opposite sides of the living room, like on opposite sides of the television. Uh, we okay. have these like nice. little lamps with shelves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like, uh, you know, on the top shelf is like uh, Jareth and the Bluesmobile, and then the other one has uh, Serenity mm. from Firefly. And then like the next shelf down is like the TARDIS, and then on the other side is the DeLorean. Right. And we haven't found anything for the, the bottom shelf yet that we feel good about displaying on the bottom shelf. Uh, Fair enough. If, if it were up to me, it would you know life would be full of all top shelves. You but, do yeah, have some solid Ghostbuster stuff, though. I do, and I don't know where I'm putting it. Mm. I have no idea where I'm putting that. Like that's haunting me. I mean, 14 inch figures. Yeah, they're fantastic. Did I tell you that? Like, if you actually open it, like I didn't know this. My 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 youngest sister has the same set, and uh, she like took them out of their box and threw the boxes away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, apparently like before, like my mom saw those in the trash and was like, wait, let me make sure there's nothing in there. And thank God she did. Cause when she opened them on the, in, underneath the little stand in the box, there were all different accessories and guns and stuff, all of which lit up. <laughs> so I, I, I have the same set. So, uh, but yeah, like if I take those out, like it's dope as hell, dude. Like the, the, the proton packs and everything light up is, is really cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. Anyway. We we got to get on. No, yeah, we should do a show. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, real quick, if you enjoy the show and you haven't done so already, we do ask that you go over to iTunes and leave us a positive review. It it, it really is. It's integral to driving new listeners to the show. 
And uh, also, later on in the show, we'll have a voicemail from our dear friend and avid listener, Christopher White. And then in the television segment, a long past due, uh, overdue voicemail from Jordan Valdez from the podcast Multiverse uh, Musings on the uh, Gotham midseason premiere. So if you'd like to leave us a voicemail and be featured on the show, give us a call at 205-259-6331. And uh, with that, we're going to jump into some news. Oh, man. Um, so the Hollywood Reporter is saying uh, that DC Entertainment President and President of WB's Consumer Products Division, Diane Nelson, uh, is taking a leave of absence. Uh, Warner Brothers Entertainment CEO Kevin Sujihara. Uh, <laughs> Our most wanted. Our most wanted. You remember like the simple days when, when, when Diane Nelson was your arch nemesis I because do. she was like, hey, the maybe Flash shouldn't be in the TVs and the movies. Yeah, I, well, now I, it's, I do. You know. Now we know the true face of the villain, yeah, Kevin Sujihara. Right, but yeah, he he announced the departure in a memo to employees that said, uh, "Dear colleagues, Diane Nelson, president of DC Entertainment and president of Warner Brothers Consumer Products, dude, I just said that, <laughs> has decided to take time off starting Monday, April second. After 22 years with the company, she wants to recharge as well as have immediate and uninterrupted time with her family. This is her decision, and the entire senior management team and I support this and will help facilitate it." As follows, the DC executive management team will report to Thomas Gawecki, chief digital officer and EVP, strategy and business development in the interim. Pam Lifford will report to me in the interim. Diane continues to be an important member of the Warner Brothers family and has worked on many of our most iconic properties. She has contributed greatly to the company's successes, and we look forward to her returning to the studio. In the meantime, please don't hesitate to reach out to your management team, blah, blah, blah. All right, so THR, Hollywood Reporter, says, Nelson, quote, Nelson decided to set new priorities for herself and her family in the wake of a series of personal situations. One of the matters is properly recovering from back surgery she underwent late last year. I'm 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 thinking why the hell what didn't you do that last year like back surgery back anything is bad. Yeah, but in the wake of you like you have that surgery and then you think it's going to be better and then it will take you some mm-hmm. time to decide yeah, I'm not I'm not better yet. Yeah, sure. No, no. Um but yeah, so according to THR the extended break has the full support of Sujihara according to the insiders and will begin April 2nd. Um and they also said uh, Danda Dio, Jim Lee, Jeff Johns, and Amit Desai uh, will who will continue to run the company's day to day. And Gawecki is not stepping into Nelson's position, but will support the team uh, as needed in the time of absence. So uh, I've gotten a couple of people coming at me with uh, or show, you know telling sending us links to this, and uh, some of it seems to be like, oh, this is another Snyder situation. Like that seems to be the idea from a few people. And, um, I've seen that on Facebook a lot as well. And I really don't think that's what this is. I think she just had back surgery and needs time to, uh, to heal. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and, and recharge, as they said, it, it, it sure, I don't know. It, there's nothing to really pick apart about it unless we know yeah, more. But, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, she, she was more of a TV side of things up until recently. Yeah. I mean, I don't think so. I think she was. Not, I mean, I don't think she was. I think she's just kind of there in between. Like she's just entertainment president. Yeah, just part of DC Entertainment in general. But it yeah. felt like the only time I heard her name for a long time had to do with D, uh, with TV, and then suddenly I started hearing it with movies and thought, okay. Well, only because like the movies outweigh the television shows. You know, like whenever like Guggenheim said, "Oh, we can't have this guy on Arrow," 
it was because of Diane Nelson saying no, basically. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and that's she said no because like no, we need that guy for the movie. <laughs> no, we're hogging okay. him. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, and you know what? Based on uh, how divided the fan base is, like back then, I would have said like, no, Diane, you're wrong. We can handle both. But based on how divided I've seen the fan base be, like oh, I like Gustin, I don't like Miller. Oh, I like Miller, not Gustin. You know what? She's right. We can't handle it. I can. You can. We're special. Most people can't handle it. <laughs> I think I like to think people who listen to our show can handle it. I yeah I I would like to think that I but I um, I still I remember hating some of the stuff she said so much at the time mm-hmm. about like we can't handle it and being so resentful that I hate that we've gotten to a place now where I feel like we we've got her back to some extent yeah oh wow that's that's kind of a rough pun man mm-hmm. lady just had back surgery yeah that's trying to be supportive through poor use of language. <laughs> All right. But no, I don't mind getting to a point where I'm like, nope, I see what she was saying. She may have been right. I know. As much as I hate to agree with it, she may have been right. And, I, I mean, I know, agree. It just, it's like, it feels weird. Like, it makes my skin feel weird. But, yeah. I thought the, I thought the fandom was right. better than it was, and it wasn't. <laughs> I, like, I really did. I kept hoping the fan base could handle the idea. But, yeah, maybe she was. Maybe she was right. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, so, uh, this just dropped... What? What? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Unless you have anything else, I'm going to go on to the next news story, man. I think I was going to say, I don't know, and trail off. That's all we missed. Oh. All right. Cool. So this just dropped right before we started recording. Uh, Pedro Pascal has joined Wonder Woman 2. We don't know who he's playing, but uh, he's from Narcos, and um, he was apparently a fan favorite on Game of Thrones. He was also in Kingsman, the Golden Circle. We have, yeah, I don't know any of those. Yeah, I don't, I haven't seen any of that. I don't know. The Golden Circle is the sequel, right? I think so. Wasn't it just Kingsman the first time? Um, I, man. No, it was like Kingsman and the Knights of the something, I think. I don't know, man. Yeah, I watched that movie one night. But I um, I, I <laughs> really don't know from Game of Thrones and Narcos. Mm-mm. I got nada. Yeah. All right, so over to Aquaman, uh, Dolph Lundgren has made some statements on his Instagram that says uh, that there's some additional photography going on for Aquaman. Um, he says, I'm here at Warner Brothers Studios for some additional photography. It's going to be fun to get into that costume again, even though it takes a while. Um, you know, and that there's also, um, there are also some reports. Mark Hughes on Superhero News, apparently, I just found this out tonight, actually, from uh, Brooklyn Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and went and checked it out. Uh, Mark Hughes on Superhero News said that you know he's heard some some reports that Aquaman is in trouble, that it's got some real problems. And Mark Hughes is like the dude, you know, who 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 loves all of the DC things. So maybe you know who knows? Like I'm sure someone's going to really start weaving this into a into a narrative here, and oh, I might be oh, inadvertently yeah. doing it right now. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I really might be inadvertently doing it right now. Yeah, um, I I would not but, support your narrative at at this moment. I'm not supporting my narrative at this moment. <laughs> I wouldn't worry yet. I I still feel like, uh, despite what Justice what happened with Justice League and what we said with that, it is very common for tentpole films to do additional photography of some kind. It's not even common; it's um, expected. Justice League was more than we anticipated, much more than we anticipated. Even though you know, well, it would be easier if the people who like 
blindly, vitriolically hated on DCEU, weren't the ones who were breaking the news stories about uh, uh, the uh, way more, uh, you know, substantial reshoots. That's why it's so, it kind of like throws me back for, for it to be coming from Mark Hughes. But even Mark Hughes said, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it yet. Well, but there were the two. I like James there were one. Two camps, though. Like you had uh, one camp saying extensive reshoots, this is bad, and then another camp uh-huh. saying extensive reshoots. This happens a lot. Don't worry. They both mm-hmm. started with the same base fact. There's a bunch of sure. cameras on, and people in costumes yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Like that. That part we all knew, but right. How much of it would end up in the film, and how much it would change? the way the story was presented in the two hours that Warner Brothers and Sujihara gave it, Mm -hmm. we could not have predicted that part. Yeah. Like, we were all fantasizing about this version where there were reshoots and someone was just trying to tell the story correctly, not mm -hmm. reshoots and then, oh, by the way, it's got to be two hours. I like your cut and all, but we're going to need you to take 30 minutes off this thing. Right. But I do want to point out, I do want to say, make it clear, Mark Hughes... And this is about the 49-minute mark on on, uh, on on this episode of Superhero News. I'll, I'll post a link to it in the show notes. He does say, you know, from the test screenings, he's heard some a lot of good things, but he's heard a lot of negative things. And he personally feels like it'll be fine. He loved, He's loved everything James Wan has put out. Uh, but he has heard some negative things and some the, he thinks that there are some things that they need to figure out on Aquaman. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm... You know, I've seen then, the exact same news cycle about Deadpool 2 right now. Dude, I've heard awful things about Deadpool 2. And I will say this about Deadpool 2. I have not enjoyed one single trailer. I, I've just not I've not been into it. Like, I, It's just not catching me at all like the first one did at this stage. I, I'll watch it. I don't know what to do about that. I really don't. <laughs> They've been really enjoyable trailers. I mean, <sighs> the idea that it didn't catch you like the first one did, I get that. Because the first one is the first one. Right. Absolutely. Like, and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to account for that as well. But I mean, even that Logan, the little Logan thing that they did was hilarious to me. But sure. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't I don't know. There's something wrong. And I don't know what it is that's catching me up. I, I haven't seen anything like factually seen anything in the film or in the shots from the film in the actual trailer, because you have to specify that when you're talking about a Deadpool product. Because uh, uh-huh. all the fourth wall stuff, I, I I don't I haven't seen anything where I thought, oh man, is it really going to go that way? I, I don't know, man. It can get super bizarre, and I think I'm into it same way. I like, mean, I haven't seen anything that made me go like, oh, is it going to be go that way? But I've just been bored by it. I just haven't gotten into it. I don't have a real reason. Uh, I, I they sucked me in both times. Like just Deadpool, awesome. just Deadpool dropping the three, two, one on the second trailer. And then the uh-huh. first trailer where they start out with uh, him just like holding action figures, I, I I was immediately back in the like irreverence that made me love the first one so much. So I I was I was there. I was I was I'm okay. That's awesome. I would like to feel the same. But all that to get back to rumors about how it's gone over and blah 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 and blah blah blah. Man, I don't know. You got to wait on that. I mean, kind of you stuff. know, you do. I'm just you know, honestly, I'm a little shaken by Mark Hughes and what he's heard. I'm a little shaken by it. I'm just, I'm not prepared to be shaken yet. Sorry, I, I forgot we're in the 21st century. We're in 2018. Yeah. I shook, y'all. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> we're a full 25, 30 years past uh, poorly photocopied zines. Like, we, uh-huh. we, we live in a different world. 
Mm-hmm. Completely different world. I don't know. Like, yeah. It's and we also live in a world where, in this particular instance, we haven't seen the first trailer. Mm-hmm. Now I, you know, and I have some some info on that. Uh, Revenge of the Fans actually was reporting. Uh, earlier that aqua that an aquaman trailer or teaser was going to be hitting WonderCon, and that obviously didn't happen and uh, people have been a little uh a little persnickety about it james wan popped over onto twitter and explained uh why there isn't a teaser trailer yet he says hey friends i usually do my best to avoid internet noises especially fabricated distractions but a teaser trailer going out this weekend was never in the books, despite what some claim. It's not because of anyone or any nefarious reason holding it, holding it back. It's me. I am simply not ready to share. This movie is filled to the gills with VFX. Ha-ha. And the process is, yeah, and the process is as slow and laborious as a sea slug. Uh-huh. Yes, even shots, even shots for the trailers take forever to do. And I refuse to put out anything that might be construed as subpar. I know it seems like nothing much is brewing above the surface, but I can assure you we're working nonstop under the waves. And yes, I plan to use oceanic puns and references every chance I get. <laughs> you know, I like James Wan. I, I've never seen a movie I just uh, that he's done. I, I just never have. Uh, Fast and the Furious, I think that was one of his. I yeah, I just, or maybe I have seen one of his. I'm not really sure, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen the vast majority of what he's done. Yeah, uh, really not familiar with him on a on an intimate level at all. But I saw the first Saw movie. Yeah. Apparently, he did that. Well, there's something. I never even saw that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've just I've never run across his work. I, I, I sorry, mm. just not a thing I've seen. But. You get to you get to call the shots on that. Yeah. Oh gosh, he's in a lot of Saw movies. I've seen like almost all of the Saw movies. Mm. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I was fine with those. I I kind of like the idea that if the trailer's not ready, it's not ready. Mm-hmm. I can live with that. I, I yeah, I'm fine with that. I you know, and it sort of uh, gets away from the internet dissecting everything and 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 com- complaining because like oh these effect shots clearly aren't done no 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 i hope it's not going to look like this in the movie no 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 yeah man just hold back i don't care if if anything <laughs> i'm really hoping it um is maybe part of the learning curve for wb <clears throat> who yeah. is incidentally a company that's been around for the better part of 100 years making movies and uh, should maybe be past, be past some of the learning curve but whatever Mm-hmm. I I still deeply wish they did a God a lot of things differently. Like all of us, all of us hated the second Batman vs Superman trailer. Trailer like it was it was weird. The reveal about how a huge part of the movie was gonna turn out was strange. Yeah, it it was just borderline universally re- reviled. Oma, like none of us thought that was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're learning. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they're thinking more about like, hey, it's a it's a good con. Shove a trailer in there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe, maybe they're learning that the traditional ideas of marketing aren't as important anymore. Because it it used to yeah. matter. Like it used to matter that like there's a lot of bodies here. Get something in front of them. Because a lot of people there that were excited would spread the excited news. But it doesn't work that way anymore you you leave it there and somebody gets it on their, their cell phone because they're gonna and that gets out and maybe everyone in that room loved it because they were hyped and they were there and 
they were the kind of people who were predisposed to love it, but then the internet gets all of it, and it's a shitty cell phone video of a shitty fucking trailer that you didn't put enough thought into, and next thing you know, the whole internet is predisposed to hate your movie. Mm-hmm. These things happen now. But to be fair, it happens no matter what you do. Like, if you don't give enough info, they get pissed. If you put out, you know, picture of Doomsday, they get pissed. I know, I know. You don't show the Venom symbiont, they get pissed. You I know, understand. <laughs> I understand. But I am still a big fan of the whole, like, better to stay silent and be thought an idiot than open your mouth and <laughs> prove them right kind of thing. Yeah. And then you get this strange phenomenon on social media where, like, if you post a video of something funny, you need to put, like, a little tag up at the top with, like, on the top and bottom of the video that has the punchline in it and, like, a bunch of laughing emojis to make sure everyone knows that, oh, this is the punchline and this is why – and this is funny. Right. So that they'll actually watch the video. Like, that actually does increase the amount of people who will watch it. And I'm just – I'm flabbergasted by it. I'm like, why are you even watching it? You know what the joke is. I I don't know. (sighs) Yeah. Anyway. I actually have a theory about that, but it would take a while. Like the the short <laughs> version is because um, the new way we express ourselves, which is uh, you know a bunch of gifts. That's how I say it. So deal with it. Um, uh-huh. bunch of gifts, bunch of uh, keyboard based thoughts, bunch of emojis. Uh-huh. That's the way you express yourself. Like I think if you give people the context. Like you post a video and you put that emoji of like, uh, you know, emoji crying, laughing kind of thing. Uh huh. Then you put it in the context of this is hilarious. So it 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 comes down to contextualization in a lot of ways. Like you yeah, don't have I, to I question also... whether this is a reliable narrator. Uh, narrator, you just you know you know what the narrator was thinking, so you know how to uh-huh. read the book. And in yeah, this you know case, how to take it. Yeah. It's it's giving you the context in which to take the 140 characters you're about to see or the gif or whatever freaking dog meme you're about yeah. to see. The weird thing is, though, is like I've also seen like in the last 10 years, like a huge spike in a behavior I don't quite understand. It's like people who um, will say like, well, if you're just like saying, hey, you should watch this video or you should watch this movie, you should watch this television show. How does it end? Oh. You don't want to know how. It, what, what do you mean? What, how does it end? Like, I'm not going to tell you how it ends. Like, <laughs> but if it's, it, but if it's sad, I don't want to watch it. If it's, you know, you know, you're like, oh, you should watch this. Like, and they see the dog on the cover. Does the dog die? Oh, I've what? got a perfect one for that. Um, <laughs> oh God! Now that I've said it in that context, I'm going to be a, a like a spoiler for somebody. But I may be saving you as well. So. I'm sorry, you've already been able to extrapolate it as I mentioned this property, and I'm sorry in advance, Uh Uh but my wife won't watch This Is Us anymore. Okay. Because she knows one of the things that happened, Uh huh. and like, there was a Super Bowl episode that was a hype episode, kind of, and then, if I understand, there was like the, after the Super Bowl, not directly, it was like the week after, I think, Super Bowl episode, Mm -hmm. that was the, I think, season finale? Not sure. Right. But... She read the recap and cried and said, I'm not watching the show anymore. Yeah. Didn't didn't we talk about this? Did we? I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, we could have. <laughs> but it's a weird thing. It's a weird phenomenon that I've seen. Like, more and more is like, I feel like people are like too sensitive with their entertainment. Like, they can't handle something bad happening in a property. Like, they're like, I can't watch it if, if something sad happens. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, 
I, I, I was a little kid. I'm not scarred by watching Little House on the Prairie because that <laughs> shit happened on that show all the time. I don't know. Like, it, it, on the other hand, like, I <laughs> still, I watch The Good Son at a very young age and still freak out a little bit when I see Macaulay Culkin. I, I, I don't know. These things affect you in certain ways. Yeah. It can get to you. My, was the the good sum is what it's like it's like home alone but for real you know <laughs> but like what if i'm alone because i dropped my brother off a cliff yeah like what if he used his ability to like basically create a life-size mouse trap what if he did all this for real with real people yeah uh the precursor to we have to talk about kevin <laughs> i would like to think that the screenwriter for the good son was like, what if we took all the dark aspects about how this child was left in the home and everyone checked into the plane and no one checked on this name? Uh huh. What if we just, what if we just took that to its absurd extent? I, that would be fun. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. Certain properties scare you in a certain way that like you, you can't go back from. I don't know. Yeah, it's just weird. I don't know. I. I can get certain things, but just to the point where like, mm, no, you're gonna have to tell me everything that this character goes through. Like, I've watched the first two episodes. I've decided I like this character. So, if this person dies, I'm not going to watch any more of the show. <sighs> I did that recently. I really did. I don't get it, man. I think it was, um, I think the name of it was Preaching the End of the World. No, that was the Steve Carell movie. No, that's uh, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. That was Seeking, oh yeah, yeah, that was based on, well, I keep thinking it was based on the Chris Cornell song, but I never looked it up. Because mm. he had... Like, track three on Euphoria Morning was, like, preaching the end of the world, and it was like, I'm seeking a friend for the end of the world. Anyway, um, there was a TV show recently that, uh, it was, well, coincidentally, Jenna Fisher was one of the characters, and a couple of British dudes I don't know, and, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, what's his name? I can't remember. But, <laughs> not Greg Kinnear, <laughs> but the guy who reminds me of Greg Kinnear sometimes. Oh, well, that should clear it right up yeah. for the listeners. Obviously. <laughs> the guy that reminds Jason of Greg Kinnear. Oh, Rob Lowe. I don't know why. Don't know why what? he reminds me of Greg Kinnear every now and then. I think it's his hair. I can kind of see it. No, nah, it's, it's his mouth. <laughs> it's, his, it's his mouth and nose region. It's, yeah, I can see but it. But Rob Lowe is, is the best. It, it's, it's an end of the world show, and it's actually really interesting. And, like, Rob Lowe plays this amazing character. Anyway, long story short, uh... Something happens in the series, and I disagreed with it so thoroughly that I think there was uh, one more episode in season one, and I just went, oh, no, hell no, not doing that. Mm-mm. I'm out. I'm out. There is no way you can make this interesting to me. Mm-hmm. You've, you've, uh, you've removed a couple of the elements that were the best things. I feel like I'm trying to stay not spoilery for a thing that I'm not even reviewing, but whatever. All right. <laughs> I'm off track. Just completely willing to bail on that. Anyway, I I don't know either. What's the next news item? Where are we here? Uh, We're going to move on to Shazam. Fantastic. Uh, Zachary Levi has uh, shushed the haters. Uh, (laughs) He, you know, the people who've been poking fun at him, saying that he has uh, fake muscles uh, in the Shazam costume. Mm. He, um. He posted a tweet, says, so much padding, with a little emoji rolling his eyes, and then said, hashtag fake news, hashtag fake muscles, hashtag fake weights, hashtag fake chicken and broccoli, and a link (laughs) to a tweet by Eric Blackman, his trainer, uh, that that has posted a picture of Zachary just flexing his arms and looking swole as hell. 
And it says, just got done lifting things and putting them down with Zachary Levi and JPJ Campbell. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, he... I, I don't know, man. He swole. He is for real swole. I, I mean, that's like the first thing he said when he like he got the role. It was like, oh my god, I got the role of Shazam. I'll be in the gym forever. Don't uh-huh. disturb me. <laughs> right. That's where I live now. Please don't get in my way. Yeah. Yeah. Now th- you know this is this. I don't know what this is, but people are freaking out about it. So I thought I'd mention it. Uh, people think there might be a Black Adam Superman film in the works. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's producing partner, Danny Garcia, posted a, pi- a picture recently of herself conversing with Henry Cavill, and they're both ensconced in shadows, and she writes, Who is this man? What are we saying? What are we planning? Oh, it's good. You'll thank me later. Winky emoji. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Garcia is a co-founder on Seven Bucks Productions with Johnson. They collaborate and have producer credits on a lot of uh, The Rock's films. Uh, so a lot of people are freaking out, and they think this is some kind of confirmation that the long-hinted-at Black Adam Superman throwdown might be closer to happening. But it should be noted that uh, Cavill is also represented by Garcia Companies, and she personally is his manager. So they could <laughs> literally, be ta- literally be talking about anything. Man of Steel 2, something non-DC, it really could be anything. So keep it in your pants. Who knows? The other man from <laughs> Uncle? Oh, no. Please no. <laughs> the other man you don't from know. Uncle. The woman from Aunt. The man who I don't know. The man who knew to Uncle. <laughs> it's a crossover That's, film. It's, it's just really all of us in junior high with a bully. <laughs> you, you just admit defeat, live to fight another day. Right. All right, now we're going to jump back in time here, guys. We're going to jump back to the Suicide Squad a little bit. Uh, I thought this was cool. We all saw the shots of, uh, you know, tuxedoed Jared Leto with half his face soot covered and charred. They were all over the trailers, but they were nowhere to be found in the actual film. A fan on Twitter posted that she was still waiting for an explanation. And David <laughs> David Ayer writes, I feel like every time I say somebody writes, it should be like the, the Casey Kasem. And he writes. <laughs> yeah. So Ayer writes, after Joker dropped Harley Quinn from the he- from the helicopter and crashed, Enchantress made a deal with him. He was going to take Harley home and be king of Gotham. Harley stood stood up to him and refused to betray her new friends. The squad then turned on Joker and he escaped. I think that's worthy of news. Makes sense to me. We finally know what the hell was up with Two Face Joker. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. And it, it's also we're nice jump to know that, like, for feedback. sure, it wasn't just. Uh, there were a lot of people that said, like, "Oh, he's clearly damaged. Like that was irreparable." Like there, like when you say Two Face Joker, there were people that thought this has changed mm-hmm. the Joker forever. No, no, no. He just ruined his tux a little bit and needed a bath. No. A metal grill and tattoos changed the Joker forever. <laughs> yeah. Though I don't think I've seen that iteration pop up in the comics, so... I haven't yet. I'm actually Maybe wondering... Not. There remember, there will be someone who adopts it. You know that. Like, it's going to be a matter of time. Well... But I'm curious. It, it kind of... They kind of grabbed some stuff from, like, uh, from the Lieber Mayho, uh, Brian Azzarello Joker series, and they grabbed a little from the All-Star... Batman and Robin that Miller did with Jim Lee. Yeah. That's where the tattoo comes from. Um, but it hasn't stuck. Like the story itself like, 
out of Suicide Squad even, it, it feels like they took the most from The Joker. Like that story. Uh-huh. That novel. Like yeah. Just the but, you know, brutal crime lord when, kind of thing. When Ledger came out, when the Ledger Joker came out from Dark Knight, all the comics kind of drew him and wrote him a little more like Ledger for, for a few months at least. Yeah. I feel like everyone has the phrase dog chasing cars in the back of their head since Mm -hmm. that happened. Oh, I ran into a guy recently that um, we've talked about the movies for a while, but like you didn't see Justice League in theaters. And I was like, ah, I get it. But you're part of the problem. He's like, I know. I'm sorry. But (laughs) he finally got to see Justice League and there was all that. And we went back and talked about the the canon. And uh, part of what he expressed was like, I was really excited about Jared Leto, but like – because he's 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 great. He's he's a great actor. And then um and I saw his version and I kind of thought like it's a nice take, but that poor bastard followed Heath Ledger. <laughs> I was like, man, yeah. there are so many of you. <laughs> like yeah. it's not it's not even an unfair thought. There's just it, it's that's not a right or wrong thought, man. I mean, it's a hard thing to follow. Yeah. And it's one of those things. It's just the problem with the DC fandom. Like I can never truly get over Mark Hamill. I just can't. <laughs> like when I was a kid, I was like, "How are they ever going to do Joker after Nicholson again?" Right. And then Hamill came out, and I was like, "Who's Nicholson?" <laughs> like, Hamill is the end all be all. And as far as I'm concerned, he's never been one up. Yeah. <laughs> like he can. Like you're like, oh, that that shit's for kids. You did it for an animated show. Screw you. Watch any of these, any of the, any of the video games. Arkham City, Arkham Asylum. That ain't for kids. Hamill killed it. Crushed it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And that's the reality a lot of us are stuck in. Yeah. I mean, I'm willing to accept new things. <laughs> I'm not saying it ain't hard. Yeah. Oh, it, it can be hard. I, I like to think that I enjoy the new things, but eh, I mean, sometimes they don't just hit. They they really just, yeah. it, it, it drags. I don't know. Reminds me of uh, of Scotty talking to Picard in that episode of Next Generation, mm-hmm. where he was talking about uh, the Enterprise being his first love. And he's like, you never love a woman quite like that again. <laughs> it sounds silly, but there's there's a level on which we all kind of understand what he was saying. Yeah. It really is. It can be it, it, your first computer, your first car, your first guitar. I don't know. Anything. Yeah. Well, he didn't say more or less. He just said quite like that. But anyway, uh, time for listener feedback. And uh, (laughs) the first feedback comes from our friend Christopher White. He doesn't say his name in the voicemail. I know who it is. I talked to him on the phone. Uh, (laughs) We're friends. Um, This dude may have been the first person to ever download an episode of the show for all we know. But uh, but (laughs) he was the first person that said anything to us about it. Sure. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to think about now. We're like, who is this guy? It's this dude named Christopher White. What's this guy about? And now he's our friend. And what would life have been like if it was Christopher Dark? Christopher Black. God only knows. What if he called himself Topher? <laughs> would we have been friends with him? <laughs> oh, poor guy. Play his thing. <laughs> All right, here you go. Hey, Dave. Hey, Jason. Just got done listening to the show. I uh, really liked what you guys were talking about with the whole Jack Kirby thing and the new gods. Like, I definitely want to get more into that. Like, you guys have intrigued me. But um, something you guys may not have known is that uh, it wasn't so much that Jack Kirby just got tired of Marvel and wanted to jump over to DC. 
Like, what had actually happened was, is he wanted to, like, kill off Thor and a bunch of other the Asgardian characters and start this, like, fourth world that he did over at DC and essentially replace Thor, Load, and Oki, all them characters, with the new gods. And Marvel's like, yeah, no, that's not happening. Like, you know, Thor's one of our flagship characters. We're not going to do that. So Jack Kirby got kind of pissed and was like, well, this is something I'm really passionate about. I really want to do. And he left, and he went to D.C., and they're, they were all about it. They're like, yeah, do it. Let's, you know, see see what can happen. So if Jack Kirby would have had, you know, his way, you know, we might be looking at another Marvel film right now, but, you know, uh, something that could potentially reinvigorate the D.C. universe. And like you guys are saying, maybe be D.C.'s like Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know. Either way, I'm pretty excited about it. Um and uh, I can't credit myself with this information, but I did look into it um, after seeing the YouTube video on a channel called Emergency Awesome, which, Dave, I think you turned me on to if I'm not, um, if I'm not mistaken. So thank you for that because that keeps me pretty well updated, you know, whatever you guys don't cover. So keep up the good work, loving the show, and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. All right, Chris, man. Uh, thank you for the voicemail. Uh, he also sent another voicemail, but, um, there was some sort of weird audio problems on it. Um, but yeah, uh, we did know about, uh, or I knew, I don't know if you knew, we didn't really ever talk about it, but yeah, I, I am aware that, uh, that, that Kirby wanted to, you know, kill off the, uh, kill off a bunch of the Asgardians and create the new gods over there. Uh, I, I didn't really feel like getting into all that uh on the show. Honestly, that's just what that's all it really boiled down to. <laughs> I only vaguely knew there were some like editorial concerns that he felt inhibited by. That was mm-hmm. the extent. Yeah, and you know, I I don't blame Marvel honestly. Like Jack was the king, but I mean, it would have been weird if we didn't have Thor now. You know. Well, now it would seem weird, but at the time, I mean, it was ballsy and it would have been cool. But well, at I the time, I, like I would like... have to look at the sales to be sure. At the but there are times where Thor has been. Like, almost one of those things they scrapped. Uh huh. Like it has. It's 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 not I don't an think A it was property. At the time. But knowing Jack well, Kirby, I mean, you know, that, that would be something he would really enjoy. Is like taking an A property that is connected to a universe that isn't necessarily an A property by itself and mm-hmm. trashing that thing and starting anew. Like that would I feel like that would appeal to someone like Jack Kirby. Yeah. Like this is a great starting point. We can take this this one thing and turn into fertilizer and start something completely new, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I, I personally think the best thing happened for everyone. Like I love, uh, looking at something like Thor Ragnarok Mm -hmm. and seeing, you know, the, a lot of the Kirby designs integrated into the backgrounds. I love being able to look at a Marvel comic and see Kirby designs and see like, because people are still emulating that. People are still putting those designs into the, into the backgrounds, into the the designs of the characters and to the designs of that world Mm -hmm. and be able to just kind of chuckle and be like, I'm pretty sure I I saw that same chair in a fantastic four. (laughs) Like, like I love being able, like it's that connective tissue between both universes where I'm like, you know, you can, you can be a Marvel fan and shit on DC or vice versa. But I mean, at the end of the day, something you love came from one or the other from both. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, if we're, if we're talking about creators being gods here, it's like a God moved over from one universe to another. And just like, I mean, where would DC be without dark side? Like he's the biggest bad guy of all the bad guys. Yeah. Like that was literally how I new God stuff to my wife. Like, I uh, I bought us tickets for Infinity War, uh-huh. and um, 
Just kind of told her after the fact. And then I had to go back and explain, like, why he, like, why Thanos was a big deal and then give the analog. Like, I literally had to translate it because I, I dragged her mm-hmm. a bunch of DC films. But um, basically, I was like, okay, well, th- okay, well, this is a big guy and. Okay, do you remember seeing Justice League? Okay, so that was this guy, and 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 he is derivative of this guy, and okay, so his analog is this guy. Yeah, it just um, uh-huh. eventually I literally said the sentence. Okay, the DC's biggest biggest bad is this guy. All right, so let's go see uh-huh. a movie about this guy, and it's gonna it's gonna who's a ripoff? It's gonna be similar in power to this guy. So like, imagine this guy. And then the other big guy that I'm describing, and then this other big. Uh, I think I might have just said, "Oh, Ca- uh, Captain America or Iron Man might die." Yeah. That's what I've heard. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of people are gonna die. I don't know. You wanna go see it? Oh, I also I, I, this is. I also did Warner like okay. I'm gonna cry at some point in this film. <laughs> just warning you. Yeah, probably. Just so. warning you. Probably gonna cry gonna happen yeah be prepared um but yeah christopher white also mentioned uh emergency awesome uh yeah that yeah i i did recommend that to him i i do recommend emergency awesome uh i like charlie schneider um that dude's got massive views mm-hmm. much bigger than we are um, they do come in handy yeah he, you know if you need a, a quick tutorial on something if you need a quick lowdown on you know some obscure ass character that's coming up in one of the books or something or one of the movies or whatever he's he's pretty mo- pretty well got you covered um yeah mm. even though i didn't see that video <laughs> that he's talking about no but i i you know like like i don't actually doing this podcast i don't have a lot of time for anything outside of dc news so like uh, you know occasionally i'll pop over and see what charlie's got up and be like wait they're doing what on marvel <laughs> or what doctor who's doing what now um so yeah yeah that keeps me up to date uh but yeah, thank you, man. Thank you for uh, leaving us a voicemail. Uh, Rick Story over on Twitter, old man Rick sixty eight says, uh, "Great cast this week, by the way. I'm with Jason on his lack of Fs given for the new gods. It feels like something WB would move on though. Would move on though. It's a bad idea after all. <laughs> Let's ignore all those inc- other incredible characters we have. She asked for the new gods. Well, we don't know that she asked for the new gods. We." Apparently they have some some desire to do the new gods, or they wouldn't be developing it. I, yeah, I I definitely wouldn't say like she asked. I, it's been in development for a while. I mean, BVS had the Omega symbol in it. Yeah, but that was more of a that was. I I think that was setting up Justice League, Justice League Two. I know, honestly, but still, I don't think it was setting new up gods. The new gods. And it's the kind of well, I mean, it's, you have it's to, like as the, I just the said, the Chekhov like, gun. Like you can't, you can't bring it up. Yeah, but if you, you know, if you're gonna do like high stakes DC movies, you gotta bring in the new guys. You do. There are. Right. There's nothing else really, unless you want to start pulling out Atrocitus and the Red Lanterns or some shit. Yeah, I know. I know. Which isn't a bad idea, DC. It's not. It's not but a it bad very idea. It becomes a Green Lantern property. Like, if you want, <laughs> did you see that clip of? The Teen Titans go to the movies where they were like, because they're looking, they're trying to get a movie of their own, and they talk to Green Lantern. They're like, "Hey, Green Lantern, is there a movie about you coming up?" And he's like, "There was a Green Lantern movie, but we don't talk about that." <laughs> <laughs> that is soft. <coughs> no, for that real, soft. like you, you've got, 
I mean, you can't mention it without doing it. You just can't. Mm-hmm. There, you can't raise the stakes to that level and not yeah. follow through. So right. like, if, if it was a Batman movie and the entire movie was about the Penguin, I'd be wondering about the Joker. If it was mm-hmm. a Superman movie and it was Toy Man, I'd be wondering about Lex Luthor. Like it, it it's you have right. to eventually get to that that point where it's this is the biggest badass we have to throw at you, and damn it, it's Dark Side. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you mentioned it to me, like as soon as I saw that Omega symbol, I would have felt betrayed if they had gone another way. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And the fact that it was Steppenwolf in this movie, like, we all knew the signs, we all saw it. Like, there was that scene with Lex Luthor in the bath, whatever. Um, We we all knew... In the bath? Yeah, the stupid shit bath thing. Uh, Like, we all knew that... (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, we we all knew (laughs) what was coming. (laughs) The waiting pool of... Genesis. I don't know what the hell they call that thing. I don't. I was thinking like the bridges of Madison Luthor or something. I was like, what bath <laughs> scene? <laughs> I would love to see that thing. Oh, <laughs> Steppenwolf asking for like, do you have any kind of uh, like pink Himalayan bath salts? I would love uh, uh-huh. uh, anything eucalyptus. <laughs> eucalyptus would be fantastic. Anyway. Uh, what? Why does he sound like Doctor Evil and Bane? I don't combined? know. <laughs> oh, do you have eucalyptus? Because that's what he would, that would sound like amazing. in that version. Because apparently, I'm doing oh. uh, an absurd Aqua Teen impression. Uh huh. <laughs> but like, once you introduced all these people, you had to go that far. You just had to. I, I I'm holding you against that, at, like as a standard now. Uh huh. So it's your responsibility. I, I hope. I'm. I am interested in seeing a new gods movie. I hope that a new gods movie is. Uh, you know, I hope it's, it's hugely successful. I hope it's really good, and I hope it lays down some uh, some va- foundation. I, I hope this means WB said, "Oh, you didn't think Steppenwolf had like any kind of real backstory? Well, how about this? We're gonna make a new gods movie. It's gonna give you backstory for all these assholes, and then we pop back in with Justice League Two. It's gonna be badass." Yeah. Hopefully that's what That'd that be means. Fantastic. I I hope and pray that that's what they're thinking. Like I would love to see a Justice we'll League two with uh, season Barry and a new Green Lantern and uh, mm-hmm. a Shazam we just let out. Like that would be fantastic. There's I want I want all the Green Lanterns. Give me Guy Gardner. Even. <laughs> I've said it before. <laughs> Everyone's arguing about like oh it should be John Stewart because he was in the cartoon. Oh no it should be Hal Jordan because he was the first. And I'm thinking no Alan Scott was but. Uh, whatever. Um, yeah, he was. I want to see Alan Scott. I want to see Jade. I want to see Hal Jordan. I want to see Kyle. I want to see, oh, yeah, I love Kyle. Screw it. Just like, let's just do an Ion movie. Um, (laughs) yeah, that would, that would make me pretty happy. Like, I would love a Justice League 2 where Kyle has become like Ion to actually fix it. That would be fine. I want Affleck to stick around long enough to punch Guy Gardner in the face. That's what I One punch. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I want a lot of things. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Randy over on uh, Twitter, Randy SF45, says, I want a Mr. Miracle movie or a Martian Manhunter. I guess MM means Martian Manhunter in the next Justice League. Oh, God, it's got to be MM. Like, it's got to be Martian. I I mean, I would, maybe it means Mr. Miracle in the next Justice League. I would take Mr. Miracle in the next Justice League movie. I would take a Mr. Miracle movie. Uh... Let's let's do Big Barter and Mr. Miracle as like a Bonnie and Clyde type of thing. 
Um, in the <laughs> yeah, in the New Gods movie, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I, I dig Surely that. Surely he's talking about Martian though, and in, in the Justice League context. I don't know. Well, he says a Mr. Miracle movie or M.M. in the next Justice League. He could mean Mr. Miracle. I'd be okay with any of it. I'm good with any of it. Let's just do it. I I, I dig it, man. Yeah. You know, like, I, I've often said, like, in the Justice League movie, I don't need the big seven. I don't need Martian Manhunter, Batman, Superman, maybe Batman. But <laughs> you gotta have Batman, man. <laughs> I yeah, I love, but I love the I love the Keith, Keith Giffen uh, run on Justice League. I, I I love the Justice League International. I love Booster, Blue Beetle, Black Canary, all those cats. Oh, there's um, so many versions. I would sure. love I w- I would love a more comedic version of the Justice League. I think I might be mostly alone in that, based on how much people hated what they referred to as Justice League. Um, but. <laughs> What are you stupid Harsh. jokes? This is DC. Harsh. Ah, come on. Who, me or them? <laughs> that judgment. Yeah. No, I've oh, got, my I've judgment? Got you back. Or no, their judgment. Uh, their judgment. I've okay. got you back. Um, but then, you know, I'm I'm one of these that I, I enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy. Both of them. I sure. liked Thor Ragnarok. I thought it was funny. Yes. Some of it pushed put some of it was a little much, but mostly I enjoyed a laugh. I enjoy the laughing. Laughing is a good thing. Um <laughs> Laughing is generally considered to be a thing that makes humans happy. <laughs> and yet, every now um, and then you get backlash for making someone laugh. Uh, I know. It's I hard to know. keep up with sometimes. Yeah. Hmm. But anyway, I understand some people just thought it was a lot and too much. So whatever. I'm, I'm sorry. I, and I do want to see the Snyder Cut. So, you know. Like I said, I want it all. I'm a greedy bastard. Uh, DC Cinematic Minute. Our friends over on the DCEU Minute. It's a fun podcast that I was a part of for a minute. Uh, came, I got to come in and do a week's worth of episodes. They asked us last week, and I didn't see it in time, um, but they asked us last week, what should the title of the New Gods film be? Um, I mean, as much as I would like the Forever People, I think it just needs to be New Gods. I just think it needs to be New Gods or the Fourth World, something like that. What yeah. do you think? I, Maybe Forever uh, People should be like the, the sequel, like... <laughs> Like, just the new guys. We got to get, like, a, you know, an introduction of, like, the biggest guys, you know, the biggest people. You get, like, your Big Barda and your Mr. Miracle and, yeah, you yeah. know, maybe, like, a, like five minutes of Forger, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that, that you get, like, Metron and everybody. And, uh, and Darkseid and Desaad and, and, and all those cats. Granny Goodness, because, you know, I'm not going to be happy unless there's a version of Granny Goodness of the Furies. It might be awful, but I've... Let's not go your at like, you know, some things don't exist. Yeah. But, um, and then, you know, do like a sequel, new gods, the forever people like, Oh, that would be badass. I wouldn't argue <laughs> with that. I don't know what, I don't know what, oh God, I don't know what I would moniker that to actually make myself happy. Mm-hmm. I really don't. It, it's one of those, uh, sets of properties almost where like, I, I'm just gonna have to see what you got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. <laughs> All right, guys. It's gonna be gonna... like New Gods v Superman. See, I don't even think they need to go there. Like the New Gods movie should be the New Gods movies, and then they bring in the New Gods into the next Justice League movie, or you know, uh... NGV Jail. You know, I yeah. Know. I don't know. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for uh, replying and commenting and 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 sending us voicemails and stuff. Uh, we're gonna jump over to the DC TV section of the show if you're not uh gonna pop over with us uh you can 
Check out every episode for free at DCOnScreen.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram at DCOnScreen. We're on Facebook. We've got a Facebook group. Um, it says it's closed, but if you, you know, click join, we'll review the things and we'll probably, we're most likely going to let you in. And, um, yeah. So let's jump into some, uh, some TV here. Uh, Constantine, we're going to talk about Constantine city of demons just for a minute. The, the continuity. Sure. Because we did a, we did a review and when we watched this thing, pretty much most of our review, I think was some easily summed up into what the hell. Yes. Because. Fitting they enough. started out like they haven't given us a whole lot of information about what's happening with this show. Uh, they're like, Matt Ryan's constantly is back. And you know, we know that he, he was in justice league dark and it was a different version, but I, you know, I thought, you know, based on the, uh, like, like the blue ribbon stuff based on the fact that it was, you know, that they had Vixen and they had the rain. It was all tied into the Arrowverse that it was still going to be, you know, the, the NBC Constantine, and right out of the gate, they're just changing shit up. Yeah. So we were we were very much like, what is going on? Well, apparently we weren't the only ones. And like a day after we uh, we put out our episode, there was all this stuff. And like Scott from the Suicide Squad cast messaged me and said, hey, man, did you ever find any, did you ever actually get any answers about Constantine? I said, well, I found this article and kind of gives us some information. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, man, you got to go check out what J.M. Dematius is saying over on Twitter. So... Here's what's happened. Uh, over at WonderCon, um, Peter Girardi, the Warner Brothers exec uh, in charge of all that stuff, says that uh, this is something we see as launching this corner of the Constantine animated universe and says that it is an animated adventure that uh, is closer to Justice League Dark. Uh, J.M. Dematius says, I was told by CWC's Peter Girardi that the animated series and the city of demons and justice league dark animated movie are in the same universe. And, um, and, and as far as when the final seven will be released, JM Demadia says between the first five and the final seven episodes, there will be a full length DVD release of city of demons with 20 or so extra minutes, um, of story. So you can see the whole thing and more before the final episode arrives on CW seed. So I, you know, that, that puts my mind at ease, but it also makes me proclaim this. I'm not doing another review episode of any CW seed show until the DVD comes out. Nope. Are you good with that? Absolutely. Cause they put out, they took the first two seasons of Vixen and they put like 20 extra minutes in it and put it out on Blu-ray and I wound up buying that. No. And then I kind of feel like, well, you know, we didn't even really review it. Because we reviewed the CWC shit. Right. And I'm assuming they're going to come out with a Blu-ray of the Ray. That'll probably have the rest of the series on it before it hits CWC. It's just, yeah. I think that's what's going to happen from now on, guys. That's one of the problems. It's <laughs> like, it probably, but we'll have to see. And man, like, they're they're fucking with us. It's, it's annoying. Yeah. And I have no problem with Constantine City of Demons being part of the Justice League Dark Universe. I just wish they'd been upfront about it. I feel like That's they thought, you know what? Problem is- yeah, I feel like they they said, well, if we don't say that it's not a part of NBC's Constantine, that the NBC Constantine people will be will, will want to watch it and they will will get more views. I feel like it was all a lie on purpose. Like they didn't really tell us what the hell was going on. I feel oh, like that's what I, happened. Well, I also feel like they're uh, they, they weren't deliberate. Like they they mm-hmm. said, like Pedowitz said at some point, we're happy to have Matt Ryan reprise his role. Great, uh-huh. but 
you know, that doesn't necessarily indicate NBC. And honestly, I, like I looked at the press releases, they didn't really say anything that contradicts what we saw. Mm-hmm. Technically, but yeah, no. in in spirit, it's it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's really annoying, man. Like they um, they kept saying like, yeah, we're gonna continue the character and and all that, but in effect, what really happened was they told us we've got Matt Ryan and it's, it's gonna be great, and we're so happy to have him on the CW, and and then. Mm-hmm. The, oh, well, by the way, we have this uh, animated series that's going to run with him, and it's going to be great. And, and yeah, then was... they said, like, we uh, we don't know if he'll return again and, and all this. But all of that kept indicating we have a storyline for him that includes his series. And then when you watch him live, like, as he's on Legends, as uh-huh. he's on Arrow even, it's it's just, it feels like it's continuing the story. That you're familiar with right. from the live action Matt Ryan. And then this comes out and it's, it is, it's really frustrating. But the one yeah. major thing that makes me happy about it mm-hmm. is the one thing that would make me okay with it is that it was part of Justice League Dark and not necessarily the NBC series. Yeah. And I'm, but I'm over here going like, are they like retconning? Can they not use certain elements of the NBC series? Does like the NBC series have certain versions of those characters that they can't really do that sort of like a evil dead two type of situation. Oh, yeah. There's all like, kinds of like legalistic stuff that might be limiting them that maybe we know about, but then, no, no, I think. but then it's confusing because I'm over on legends and Bailey Tippin is, rep- is reprising her role as Astra, like doing her voice in Constantine's head. And I'm like, come on guys, give me something. Let me know what's <laughs> happening. Um, but yeah, so that's what's happening. It's part of the, yeah. I don't know. It's part of the justice league dark universe. So, all right, so over to Krypton. Uh, the Krypton producers were asked about a possible appearance from the Green Lanterns at WonderCon. Showrunner Cameron Welsh responded, that's something that would be a natural fit for us. Uh, DC Entertainment VP Dan Evans uh, basically hinted that the Omega Men would probably show up before the Green Lanterns. Uh, and also Kyle Rayner is a part of that, so that might be interesting. Nice. But... Um, yeah, they uh, they said DC isn't just Earth, it's, it's ju- it isn't just Metropolis or Gotham. The DC universe is huge, it's multiple universes. Um, they said the show would open the door to other parts of the DC universe, allowing them to bring in characters that may or may not, or sorry, that you may not see in the other show that will fit comfortably here. Um, and maybe some different versions of characters you're used to, he says. This, uh, that tracks with what they were saying earlier, and that sounds great. I... I don't want too much of that unless it's integral to the story. Like if we get 10 episodes, like I really want them to be focused on telling a good story rather than, you know, making fanboys squee with, you know, crossover people. Mm-hmm. But they also said, uh, there is not, there's apparently not going to be a crossover with CW on Krypton. Um, they did say that they'll go to present day earth in this season and see where Adam came from Detroit. Sure. Um, they also didn't rule out that there might be some version of Superman, but that we probably shouldn't expect to see like Tyler Hecklin or anything. Like it's not part of any other universe. Krypton is its own thing. I really don't want good with it to them. be. I'm fine with that. I don't either. I'm good with it. Uh, Gotham wrap season four. 
Uh, Naveen Mazoo said that uh, they have wrapped season four. He says, in some ways, these four years feel like they should be 10. And in others, it feels like the experience has taken two weeks. All I know is I am so crazy proud of what we have done on Gotham. I'm so happy I was blessed enough to be a part of this large supervillain hero family. This show has seen me through my most formative years yet, my adolescence thus far, and has shaped a, parentheses, bat, man, so incredibly overjoyed with his past, but also vigilantly ready for what is to come. Uh, thank you, everyone who has contributed to this project and experienced transforming my life in this beyond positive way. And whether or not this is the end of Gotham's Road, I love you all. And these characters and what they represent will live forever on Netflix and Hulu and in our minds and hearts. I know that was cheesy, but it is true. And he, it sounds kind of finalistic here, but Gotham is still in the bubble. It hasn't been renewed for season five. So I, I get the feeling that we might get a, a little bit more of that from the cast. In, in the days to come. Yeah. I still think they might be. I, I'd i vote they were nude. I don't know, man. When, uh, when, when, what's her face? Rowan over on Girl Meets World started saying shit like that on Instagram. I went, oh, it's not getting renewed, is it? <laughs> I know, but like, I've seen them move the show from night to night and it's kept really similar rating. Like, it, there's, yeah. I think it might, I think it might come back. Maybe All not right. well, the so. night you're expecting it, but if you're just watching it on streaming, you'll be fine anyway. Well, I've mostly caught up on Gotham. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how far behind you are. Not at all. Um, you're not not far behind at all? No, I mean, uh, not at all behind. I watched everything last night. Oh, okay. Um, dude, like, Bruce's, like, fever dreams. Mm-hmm. Where, like, Batman is, like, <laughs> running after him in the cave and shit, and mm-hmm. then, like, you, I'm the one you can't kill. Oh, Yes! <laughs> um all the goddamn yes yes <laughs> i loved all of that stuff man <laughs> like <laughs> like he comes out of it like gordon saves him and he's like you had a mustache <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> that was fantastic I, like there's uh, uh-huh this is gonna be like the great uh, it's it's gonna be the great lost cause of the show. Is like they finally opened up a lot of the playbook about him turning into Batman, and maybe we never get to see it. But I yeah. I keep hoping that, uh, especially like him posting stuff, maybe we get to see something close to it, and we can have some closure for the show. Well, I kind of get the feeling that they are preparing. Either and, way, and there was some other news. There was some news that I'm not going to talk about. <laughs> I saw it. I giggled. It confirmed some things that I talked about. I think last week on the show that I said I wasn't going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could very much see how they might be actually crafting an end to the series without knowing if they're going to be renewed or not. Mm. If that makes sense. It does. It does. You have uh, you have a universe where they're building Bruce in a way that like he sees kind of literally batman hanging out uh-huh. like, like that alter ego in his brain and in the same series you've got proto joker who we all know mm-hmm. is but isn't mm-hmm. yeah that this could easily end on some kind of some kind of note where yeah we all know where they all end up but there's yeah there's room for another yeah. season i at this point like i wouldn't cry if they if they got canceled I wouldn't be like terribly upset um, unless they don't have an ending. Like if they couldn't scoop together an ending enough, I would be really disappointed. Like if they end this on a cliffhanger, I'm going to be pissed. 
Gotham's one of those shows that, like, if you ask me week to week, some weeks I wish it ended, some weeks I didn't. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I would like for it to have a good ending. I'm going to get it on Blu-ray anyway. Yeah, sure. Might as well, might as well have a good ending. Right now it's doing um, pretty well. I kind of hope it doesn't end. I mean, there's a reason that, you know, Lois and Clark, New Adventures of Superman just kind of hangs out in my save for later list on Amazon. Yeah. Because I know that shit ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> So, yeah, I I would like an ending for for Gotham, but I don't sure. necessarily need it to. If they scrape it together and make a good ending this season, all right, see you later. That's fine. Yeah, if that's what you got to do. Anyway, um, Death of Superman. Uh, they've released. Uh, they've or they've announced uh, the movie cast. Uh, Jerry O'Connell's coming back to play Superman. His wife Rebecca Romaine is going to be Lois Lane. Um, Rain Wilson is Lex Luthor. That's an inspired choice and I'm really excited looking forward about. to hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing that. Uh, Jason O'Mara is back as Batman. Rosario Dawson as Wonder Woman. Matt Lanter as Aquaman. Nathan Fillion as Green Lantern. Christopher Gorham as the Flash and Shamar Moore as uh, Shamar Moore as Cyborg. Sure. Apparently it also has Rocky Carroll as Cyborg's father, Silas Stone. Better call Raw, uh, better call Saul's Patrick <laughs> Fabian, Better call Ralph. Better call Raw. Yeah. Um, Fabian, Patrick Fabian, I guess. Fabian as Hank Henshaw. Sure. And uh, they're saying Henshaw is uh, more part of the Reign of the Superman storyline, along with Superboy still in the Eradicator. And they haven't actually uh, said who those three act, uh, who those three actors are yet. But, um, yeah. yeah. Um, they put out a trailer for Death of Superman, the first part of it. And, uh, unfortunately I was bored by it. I, um, I didn't really like, I was actually taken aback. Like I was super excited for this animated film because I thought it was going to be more in line with, uh, the dark Knight returns. Honestly, like I thought like, Oh shit, they're going to do like, they're going to do like, it's going to look like the nineties. Mm-hmm. It's going to look like I was really hoping that they would do something that looked a lot more like uh, animated Dan Jurgens art. Like, I wanted it to be outside of the DC animated films continuity. No, it and I understand exactly why. Like theirs. Yeah, it's the war continuity. It's the Justice League war continuity. Yeah. It comes after Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay. Um, I really wanted a '90s standalone story. I wanted it to look like Dan Jurgens. Um, that's just what I wanted, you know. And as fans, this is what we preach. This, is, you know, you gotta get past what you wanted and and just give it what it is for what it, you know, give it. Give it a chance, but it's fair do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let it stand, judge it then. Right. I am not that interested in Doomsday, though. I've never have been. Like, the the thing that excited me about it was it looking like the old school stuff um, and kind of like reliving that in animated form. Sure. I, like, the only thing that interests um, me about that character is like you, it, and they bring it up in, the, in this little section is you can't reason with it. That kind of thing. Right. It wants only one thing. To destroy like that's I mean that's nice when you put it up against a character that's so powerful that he can defend an entire planet and juggle planets and other continuities like that's mm-hmm. nice but he, he put up against the the idea of complete chaos uh someone who can destroy a planet by himself and wants only that thing like that is a nice 
I like that as a, uh, a dialogue between characters. It, like to uh-huh. me, it feels like Batman and Joker, but like distilled to this power dynamic. Right. Thing is, you can only follow that so long before the story starts to get a little boring. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, one of the more powerful things, one of the fun things, and more really powerful things about the books was like seeing Doomsday fighting and eviscerating like just totaling out all of these like like justice league international like i wanted to see fire and ice i wanted to see booster gold and blue beetle i wanted to see all of those characters and uh you know it looks like they're not really gonna be there and no no you know no, more than seeing that. them fight doomsday i really like one of my favorite things about those books is seeing like all of those characters like everyone just coming to Superman's funeral, like go, like everyone gathering to say goodbye to Superman, everyone from Batman to Booster Gold, from the most obvious to the most obscure, like everyone turns out to say goodbye to Superman. Just doesn't look like we're going to get any of that here because no. they're just like, ah, we're not bringing all those people in, no. which is a bummer to me. Like if like, I really want to go on eBay and find all those posters that they used to put out, uh, in, that came out in the comics for, for when Superman was about to die. Mm-hmm. It's just like, they just like, they will, they just did these like big poster ads that were just like, that you got in com- that you could, that the comic shops got, um, that it's just like, it's like the Superman coffin and just like every damn body of the DC universe gathered around. Like, there's just like, I love those posters. Anyway, I, moving over to some, I appreciate it. <laughs> what? I appreciate it, but like I literally missed all of that. Uh huh. And uh, I like I called a version of it where it was like I picked up a friend's thing at a sleepover and went, "Holy shit, Superman died!" Uh huh. And read it like front to back that night, and uh, yeah, super bummed. Yeah, that was all I got was the actual like TPB of just Superman dying, and thought, "Oh damn it, this is not. <laughs> I don't love this at all." <laughs> Uh huh. Ah well. Uh, or, I mean, just uh, just like if they do Nightfall, I don't want them to do it in this continuity, though they probably will. Yeah, I I just <sighs> I, I just wasn't informed. I I didn't know. I just picked it up and went, oh no. damn it, damn it. <laughs> uh, we got some listener feedback. Uh, Jordan Valdez of the Multiverse Musings podcast has a voicemail. It's been sitting in our on our drive for like three weeks. Uh, he has a voicemail about the mid season premiere of Gotham, and uh, we will play that now. Hey, Dave and Jason, this is Jordan Valdez. Uh, I'm calling in uh, about the uh, Gotham mid-season premiere. I'm assuming you guys are going to do an episode on that, so I figured I'd call in because I loved it. Uh, before I start on that, though, big congrats, David, on getting married. I uh, want to make sure I mention that. That's awesome, dude. Um, but, yeah, talking about this mid-season finale, first of all, of course, i got to start off with that amazing Batcat scene. As much as I like the first half of the season of Gotham, been a bummer for me as a huge Batcat shipper that uh, after last season, you know, when Bruce and Selina broke up, that we really didn't get much Batcat at all in the first half of the season. Based on some of the promotional materials, it looks like there's going to be a lot more of that in this uh, second half of the season, and uh, I can't wait. I um, I love that. I love that scene we got of the two of them uh, at the Sirens Club, and I, I like that Selina saw right through this sort of downward spiral that Bruce is going through, and I'm hoping that she's going to be the one who sort of lifts him out of this and gets gets his head back on straight as he's, as he's sort of, you know, going down this downward spiral. So I'm hoping that's what's going to happen. But anyway, I love that scene. It's got me really excited for what's to come. A lot of different storylines this episode that it dropped us right into, but I feel like they're – just based on this episode, it feels like they're all sort of tying in together, which I liked. Um, I, I, um, 
the animated series, the, the thing that got, made me a diehard Batman fan is the animated series, The Batman, actually. And um, so it was really cool this episode to see them use an original villain from that series, which is the toy maker in this episode. Um, in, in the animated series, The Batman, his name was Cosmo Crank. And um, here we see, and it's, his name's Crank here as well. I'm mean, giving him a different first name. But anyway, him, the toy maker in this episode, it's awesome to see an original villain taken from The Batman. Um, last year we got it in the Lego Batman movie with the Kabuki twins. This year we get it in Gotham with the toy maker. And as a huge fan of that animated series, like I said, it's what made me a diehard Batman fan. That was awesome. The only real nitpick I had with this episode is that after I was so hyped about the Jerome tease at the end of um, the midseason finale, it's kind of bummed that we didn't see that picked up on in this episode. But eh, no big deal. I'm sure they'll get to it, and I can't wait for that. Um, so I'm really excited about that as well. Uh, overall, a great episode to start the second half of the season. Can't wait to see what's to come. Uh, talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. All right. Mr. Valdez, thank you so much for uh, for the congratulations of the wedding. What are you about to say, Jason? I feel like we should say, like, spoilers in retrospect. Yeah, like, spoilers in retrospect. Uh, <laughs> for, I guess, for the for that old-ass episode of Gotham now. Yeah. I always do, though, enjoy seeing Selena and, and Bruce interact on Gotham. Um, and it, what he was talking about culminated, like, my favorite spot is where he says, like, Bruce, in a, in a it's very, uh, it's very commanding way. Yeah, like uh, like Selena just puts him in his place the entire time. Like he he comes around, but it's it's not necessarily her doing, but she's definitely the the voice of reason the entire time. Mhm. Mhm. And you know what? I had forgotten that uh that the toy maker had originated from the the Batman. Never saw the Batman. Had no idea who that guy was. Yeah, I just I forgot that he originated from. I kind of remembered the character, and I remember that like most of most of not all of the of the toy man, toy maker, toy based villains kind of annoy me and bore me. But <laughs> I think I would have been. Come on, even the I, animated toy I man think, voiced like, by uh, I think Weird Al. Oh man. <sighs> now the the toy man from Superman the animated series was creepy. I was I was on board with him. Yeah, that was. Like, Superman the Animated Series has its faults, especially early on. It, it Like, there's a lot to come on to. But, dear God, mm-hmm. by the point that you're seeing that guy, oh my God, it's creepy and it's worth diving into. I didn't think Superman the Animated Series had that much of a fault up front. I felt like... Up front, it was a little clunky. That's all. I, I mean, like, I the feel first like, five or six episodes. Yeah, okay. But the, the inherent problem is Superman. Like... He's a hard character to write for. Oh, sure. For real. Like, it's hard to get him right. It's hard to... Or interesting. ...write anything that can do anything at any given moment. Yeah, sure. That's the overwhelming well, problem yeah. with writing that character. Mm-hmm. But you have to make him, like, relatable, and when he's being a dork, you have to be behind him, and when he's being, you know, mm-hmm. the greatest thing the universe has ever created, like, the greatest hero of all time, you have to suddenly be behind him, but then... When he's behind on a deadline and someone's yelling at him and Lois won't meet him for a drink after work, you you have to be behind that too. It's it's hard. It's hard uh-huh. to get that right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So anyway. Uh yeah, t- I totally forgotten that that character was was whole cloth from the Batman. Sure. And uh I would have been less bored by him if Patton Oswald had reprised his role on Gotham. <laughs> mm. But it is what it is. Ugh. Uh uh Rentech Prime over on Twitter 
says, I listened to DC Outscreen's review of a Krypton of Krypton this morning, and now I have the John Williams Superman theme stuck in my head, and it won't leave. You're welcome. Is that a complaint? I'm confused. Yeah, I think I responded with something akin to "There is no greater gift to give, no no pleasure greater to receive," or something. <laughs> I sent him Bill Murray saying, "You're welcome." <laughs> yeah, you did, didn't you? Um, Randy Randy SF45 on Twitter says Krypton was everything I visually wanted from Inhumans. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I get that. Yep. Did you see that they're that the comics are killing off the Inhumans now? Oh, are they? They're really? putting out a series called Death of the Inhumans. <laughs> no, that won't stick. But nice. <laughs> I mean, it might for a while. <clears throat> it's a good call, though. Like the Inhumans. Yeah, it's a good call. Like the that idea of the Inhumans has become so ensconced in the movie and TV versions. It might be a good idea to go through like a whole like death of the Inhumans thing in the comic books form. Mm-hmm. That's a good call, actually. You can always bring it back. Yeah, the I mean, oh, the show failed. Yeah, it, I mean, it really did. Who cares? <laughs> I, I watched every episode, man. I mean, there was there was something to love on that, but damn it, that was not gonna stick. Yeah. All right, uh, Travis Hines, Travis underscore one five six. Uh, talking about Krypton, says, We know Nyssa and Seg will not create Jor-El in the Genesis Chamber scene, so who do you think will? Money is on Lita, or Lida, whatever it was, forever linking the houses of El and Zod. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think Lida will be the one, necessarily. I could see it, but... Um, and I said this on Twitter... But I liked it. I want to see what your take on this was, uh, because I think I would, uh, like, as I said on Twitter, I would place real money on Seg uh, using that Genesis chamber uh, in the pilot to create Jor-El at the very end of the show. And at the very, like, the last scene or something, the computer tells the entire story of uh, Jor-El. Mm-hmm. The, the one, the story that we know, and Seg, thanks to Adam Strange, knows. And I think that would be a great final episode moment. Um, or they could go the other way and have like a lesson about how computers can't predict, uh, everything from genetics, how like nurture, uh, overpowers nature at times. So we could have the computer predict all of this stuff and Jor-El is completely mundane and never matters. And Seg would like watch it with the knowledge that his son would be so much more. Either way, I think that's a great last episode of Krypton. (laughs) That one's, that one's rough. Like, I, I think they hinted at it, the idea that, like, oh, mm-hmm. that's his whole existence, I suppose. And then there's uh, two subversives talking about that conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's something dubious about that device. Oh, sure. Like, Absolutely. There's something that the show has to explore about the idea that we just put our thumbs on this and we know how our 80... Uh, actually, they said he lives for, like, 140 cycles or some shit. Like, yeah. it's it's an... What we would think is is an absurd amount of time. Um, yeah, yeah. Like there, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel like in some capacity, Sega is going to piss somebody off, and that's going to be the spawn because mm-hmm. it has to be that way, right? Like Seg has to piss somebody off, and somehow the spawn is going to be Israel. Oh, what? Nah, I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> oh, it's not his spawn. Sorry, not his spawn. <laughs> uh huh. But uh, okay. He's going to piss off the House of Zod. 
and it's going to yeah, be some deliberate. I, yeah. I feel like it's going to be some deliberate account where they try to cut out the House of L completely mm-hmm. because right now the story's intertwined, and I I feel like it should be intertwined. Yeah, but it's going to be like something where they redeclare the House of L, you know, uh, persona non grata, and mm-hmm. redo something, and then you have Zod, and right. It it has to culminate in uh, either Jarrell being a natural birth or uh, like it it's got to be a situation where Jarrell thinks natural birth is the way to go. Well, I don't think necessarily Jarrell has to be a natural birth. I don't like. I can understand. Not necessarily. No. I mean, there yeah, absolutely right. But you know, I, I, there are plenty of iterations of of the Superman backstory where Zod and Zod and L were friends. And they were contemporaries. They hung out, and um, you know, then you know, their ideologies uh, brought them to blows. Absolutely. Uh, basically, yeah. Um, I don't. It doesn't necessarily have to be Lida being spurned. Well. Yeah. Uh, I could see Lida being burned by somebody by, by Sag, and like that, like setting the course for the Zods and the L's to be. You know, it doesn't have to be where they were friends. Like, uh, I'm down with either version. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, I personally thought the, uh, I think the finale personally, I think the finale is going to have, uh, another scene, probably the, uh, the culmination of, of DNA is creating Jarrell in the, in the Genesis chamber, but that's only because that's where I would end it. Well, and that's where Goyer would focus. Maybe. I don't think you're wrong about your prediction. Like Jor-El and, uh, <laughs> and like the clearing of the path that everything's out of Jor-El's way that he just lives his life and you get Kal-El, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do feel like Goyer understands the importance of Krypton and, and Jor-El in general. Like, it, like the upbringing, mm-hmm. oh, not even the upbringing, the, the genetics of Kal-El. I yeah. think it is important to him. So I, yeah. you may be right. All right, uh, one more bit, and then we'll close out the episode. Uh, Travis Hines, uh, Travis underscore one five six on Twitter, as we just uh, as we just said, mm-hmm. says, uh, "Will we get a review of Suicide Squad Hell to Pay at some point?" Pretty cool little twist in that one. Uh, I intend to wait until the Blu-ray so that I can uh, get my digital copy for free mm-hmm. and uh, put that on Vudu. And then Jason can watch it, or like, there's no reason for us to both watch, uh, buy this thing, and then me buy it again on, or him buy it again on Blu-ray. Like that's just ridiculous. Like, I like I like to think of this as our form of protest. It's like uh-huh. there's no reason for any one single person to buy the DVD after they already bought the actual copy. It's stupid. You buy a digital, and then like three weeks later, you have the copy in your yeah. hands. That also involves yeah. the digital. Like it's this is my form of protest. They're milking us for money. It annoys me. Well, sure. I don't like it. I can't see any benefit from it for our like it. It's it's just it's just stupid. It is. There is no way um, we win as consumers in that one. I it's I hate it. I agree. So that's what we'll do, and uh, we'll we'll have a review of it at some point in the future. <laughs> we will we will review it. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. All right, uh, that's gonna wrap it up, man. I, I got nothing else. We we've we've gone on for an hour and forty five minutes Lord, by my man. by my clock. Uh, that's before editing. So um, 
Guys, you can find every episode of DC On Screen at DCOnScreen.com. You can go and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DC On Screen. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm on Vero, David C. Robertson. You can also follow me on, on, on Twitter as David C. Robertson. And um, we're done. Y'all have a good one. I'll do it. Until next time, keep some DC on your screen. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time, TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy and improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you maladjusted? Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Look around you, that car you're driving, that house your family lives in, making your daughter laugh, inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive, teaching him he can be anything, all you. And your dreams for tomorrow, you'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.